We do not need to be convinced that we live in a hard world, but we should regularly think about what that means for Christian faith. In my rather small circle of what I consider to be close family and friends, right now we have ongoing issues of cancer, acute financial insecurity, relational stress, and imprisonment. At pastoral council this past week, we heard a ministry report about people only 10 miles from our church who are never sure from day to day if they will have enough to eat. It's getting harder and harder to follow national and international news because the stories are awful and seemingly next to impossible to solve. So if all of us are honest and open, we would admit there is no one who goes through life with no serious worries or struggles. Today's gospel gives us two scenarios where people are hurting. One is Jairus, the synagogue official, a man of relative wealth and high position, whose 12-year-old daughter is at the point of death. The other is a poor woman, a socially insignificant person, who had suffered from chronic hemorrhage for 12 years. Stress and suffering has no respect for social status. Hard things can hit any and everyone. Then the gospel proceeds to tell of the power of God and the gracious healing action of Jesus. And that is the essence of the good news. God is more powerful than the awful things in this world. Jesus has come into our world to turn what seems natural upside down and to give a hope that the brokenness that we see and experience in the created order will be healed. When Jesus was on earth, he healed some people. In today's reading, he healed the woman and even raised the young girl from her deathbed. And yet, nowhere does scripture or Christian tradition claim that Jesus healed everyone who was ill or distressed around him. Now, on one level, this is one of the most perplexing questions of human existence. If God is powerful and loving, why doesn't he heal everyone? We've all thought that. Why awful things at all? Well, as Christians, we need to live in the storyline of our faith. The wisdom reading affirms the initial two chapters of Genesis. God created the world very good. And wisdom is explicit. God did not make death, nor does he rejoice in the destruction of the living. For God formed man to be imperishable. In the image of his own nature, he made him. Now, because God created us in his image, rational, creative, and volitional, 
We were created with the ability to make real choices. Our human parents made a choice that brought brokenness not only to human nature, but the whole physical universe has been affected. And so we have stories like Jairus and his daughter and the afflicted woman. We have awful reports in our news. And we face hard things in our own lives and the lives of people we love. And this is because God allows the effects of bad decisions made by millions of people throughout history to really happen. God honors the image of his own nature that he put in us. And that includes being able to make real choices, even if they're awful. But beyond our limited choices, God is still at work to restore all of creation to the fullness of life. In the meantime, while this story is being played out, the issue is how we handle these things. One popular way in our culture is to be entertained to distraction. Keep life full. Try not to think about the bad things. Have as much fun as possible. Focus on dreams of accomplishments and purchases and vacations that we hope are yet to come. And that works for a while. But how do we really handle the hard things? Right now, my wife's father is fighting a battle with late-stage cancer. It's not something that's going to go away. What is real and sure and lasting when all that is temporal is going to be lost? Well, the gospel tells us that this world does not have the last word. The battles that we face and fight are not between equal forces of good and evil. God formed man to be imperishable. God is the author of life, not death. No matter how hard the circumstances might be, God is greater. Goodness and life are always at work, even in the midst of the hard things. In one of my previous congregations, I had a close friendship with a psychiatrist. One day I asked him, out of all the horrible things that he had heard from many of his patients, what surprised him the most? His answer totally surprised me. He said, the one thing that surprises me the most is how so many people are able to function as normally as they do. For all of the awful, broken things that he had helped people deal with, he saw the power of God's life and grace at work beyond anything that he could understand or ever take credit for. God does not magically undo a world that has been affected 
by that choice long, long ago. But God will not allow that one awful choice, as big as it's grown and as awful as it is, to have the last word. In his son, he has shown us what happens when death tries to extinguish the light. John starts his gospel saying, the light that shines in the darkness is the true light that gives light to every man coming into the world. That light came visibly and powerfully into the lives of Jairus and his daughter, of that suffering woman. Jesus is about to come to us yet again in the mystery that is the Eucharist. So let's keep our lives open to Jesus, the light and the life of God is right here for every one of us.